Welcome to the MUX Podcast. Today we'll be covering My Complications and Western Silver Lion Cop. Welcome to the show. I'm Thomas, and with me today are my co-host Heather. Yep. And hi. And Atla. Hello. Additionally, we have a new friend you're visiting our show today, uh, a special guest and an old friend of mine. Say hello to Stefan. Hi. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. Today we'll be covering my complications. Uh, but just as in our last episode, we will touch a bit upon an extra track. Once again, the uh, Japanese bonus track from Plus Minus, Western Sylvan Lion Cup, as mentioned earlier. Um, there are some subtle connections to my complications, and since we couldn't really imagine doing a full episode on this song either, we thought, you know what, we'll get it in here as well. Uh, so please do enjoy. So to everyone here, what's your initial feelings about, in this case, my complications? Uh it's yeah, it's one of my favorite tracks from Plus Minus. It's great, great rock song. I love the riff. Great, ten out of ten. Really great. <laughs> the song is great. High energy, uh, rocking all the way through. I absolutely love this song. I think I really like the guitar riff in the song. It's it's really cool, and the lyrics have a lot of depth to them. And it's it's fun to to go through and imagine what it means. Yeah, it's, it's almost carried by this uh, guitar riff. I feel like that's the the signature in the song, and somehow, um, I'm uh, I, I like it too. I never ever never really clicked with me in the same way that the the greats did. Snow Brigade, Apocalypso, you know, those sorts of guitar tracks. But either way, I still like it. Let's um, let's get into it. My complications is track number six on the 2015 album Plus Minus. It's produced by Mew and Michael Beinhorn and released on Play It Again Sam. Matthias Fries Hansen plays marimba and vibraphone, while Block Party guitarist Russell Litzak plays additional guitar. He also gets writing credits. Pitchfork says the dazzling My Complications could be taken as Mew joining the Worn Drugs. Lower Dense and Twin Shadow in paying homage to Rod Stewart's Young Turks. Though they bring in Block Party's Russell Lissack to play Top Gun leads and create a more comprehensive time capsule. While Consequence of Sound says the opening riff of My Complications is laced with the sugary coyness of 90s era Mandy Moore. Mew pushes it to the side when the bass comes in, getting darker and more mysterious thanks to Block Party guitarist Russell Lissack before Bierre's vocals revert the settings to a place where dreamlike keys glitter across it all. Lastly, My Complications is ranked at number 46 in our Great Friendier survey, while Western Silver Line Cup is at number 100. <laughs> So before we dive into the actual song here, uh, let's get to you, Stefan. Um, I feel like we need to introduce you a little bit. So can you tell us a bit about yourself and uh, what you're passionate about in your life? Yeah. Hi. I am a 30-year-old Danish guy 
and I study some uh, software development. I have some wonderful creative hobbies. I paint, I play board games, so many different things. And then, of course, I listen to way too much music. Yeah, we we have a bit of a history, uh, I think, can be said. We we went to high school together. I can spoil that here uh, way, way back. So is it like every five years we bump into each other for whatever reason? Yeah, about that. I'm really curious, right? And this is why you're on this podcast now. I know you know knew of Mew. I think I was the early adapter in the sense of a super fan or whatever we, we call it. But when... Do you remember your first experience with Mew and and their music? Kind of. I, I know it's not my first experience, but but when I was in like early grade school and they were they were big in Denmark, I listened to them. But I didn't really become a fan at that time. I was more like you into Linkin Park and, and things like that. Uh, but being Danish, Mew just it was on the radio and people talked about it, but. I thought it was a bit weird, you know. Uh, the Snow Brigade and Am I Right? They're they're cool rock songs. I I like that. But some of the others, they it took too long to get to the point and was was weird. Um, but then later, when I was in, I guess 2012, 13, something like that, I I listened to it again and then it just really clicked and i i thought for a year or so this is this is a, a phase i pick up this music and then i listen to it a lot i do that with a lot of bands but mew i've just never let go of it's like the the key suddenly fitted and yeah. and you twisted it it got stuck <laughs> so so i i knew from from our high school time together that you were into mew and you tried to push it to me and i liked it a bit but yeah, it didn't really fit. Uh, but then I became a super fan all on my own. And uh, actually, the the first concert I went to was just before Plus Minus got released, and I was there with uh, with the woman who's now my wife. And uh, I went to the bathroom before the show. And uh, when I came back and tried to find her, she stood and said, "Hey, look, I found Thomas." <laughs> yeah, I wondered if you we were going to bring that bring that up because otherwise I would because uh, I thought it was so funny like to bump into you there. I did not expect it. I I I had flown in with uh, with my missus from Glasgow to go see the show, uh, and it, it was it was quite a small show, wasn't it? Pumbehuxel in Copenhagen. Oh yeah, these... I was there too. Oh yeah. Oh, were you? I was right in front. Yeah. Of course you were. I, I don't Why? think we were. We were somewhere in the middle. I want to say don't really remember Absolutely. honestly no. but either way yeah I had flown in from Glasgow just to be in Copenhagen a few days and see the show and then suddenly you and Kiko are there it's like okay cool and you're now a super fan and it's your first show it's like great <laughs> great did not see that coming I must I must say um, I was surprised yeah. too but yeah it was great it's great now you're here yes uh, I have a funny memory, like uh, back in, this is probably early 2005 when we've been in high school at some point, because as, as angsty teenagers or whatever you want to call whatever we were when you were in high school, uh, I remember we were, 
like we were all like it just trying to discover all sorts of music right as you as you do i remember we were on a bus trip i don't know where was that berlin and i think apocalypso was just out and i think special was as well but the album wasn't i have a vague memory of like playing the songs for you i don't know if you remember that trip i do um and i don't specifically remember these songs that you played them but i remember that we played a lot of of cool music um yeah i remember there was there was a few guys that were really into nightwish and there was a there was we were really into lincoln park and uh, (laughs) i was also into nightwish same oh yeah true you you were on that that band bandwagon as well and then there was the techno guys in our class or whatever whatever electronic music was called in that time i don't remember it was before dubstep, but yeah. yeah, it was a it was a weird time for music. It was funny, like how experimental everything was back then. But yeah, in the end, we uh, we both stuck with Mew, I suppose, and find ourselves here. So um, obviously, you've on this episode because you have some sort of special relationship with the song. I understand. Can do you want to explain to us why you really wanted to be on my complications? Well, first of all, it's it's just a great song, but but more than that, uh, I uh, as I said before, I got to be a super fan a bit late, so I I actually became a fan after uh, No More Stories, so so this album uh, was the first the first new album that released while i was a fan so i was i was really looking forward to it and and i lowered my expectations because when you when you get to be a fan and you have all these great tracks on fringers and, and and such then maybe don't expect that but hope a bit and then i i, I sat i listened to this album and and there was there's some really good tracks that had been released already but then the moment this song comes on i'm like yeah yeah this is a great album Furthermore, the the lyrics I think really they tell something that I recognize, but but we could get into that later, I guess. Yeah, I think that'll that'll probably come in. We'll we'll get to that very soon. Um, but first, let's let's uh, quickly move on here to Heather. You want to introduce us a bit to the uh, technical side of the of the song? Absolutely. And explain what's going on. Yeah, cool. absolutely. Take it away. Absolutely. So. Uh, the and melodic riff comes in right away, echoing over itself like it's being played in an empty stadium. It's ornamented by crystal and sparkly fillers that tease us into thinking that the song might carry the same relaxing energy as clinging to a bad dream, which is the track before. Uh, the song accents the beats one and three of its 4-4 time signature, so it has that, you know, one, two, three, four. So it, it accents the one and the three. Um, which lends itself to this laid-back vibe. Uh, The drums and the other instrumental layers kick in to build up to a monumental release. The keyboard takes place of the guitar's melodic riff. But before long and without warning, we get heckin' bamboozled. The song kicks into gear that features upbeat accents, which enunciate the and beats between each count. So what, what the upbeat is like one and two and one and two. So when you listen to when the song seemingly gets faster that and beat is is what that upbeat is um 
the drums tickle our ears with its one-two punches. The guitars come back in with its riff. And then these upbeats drive through the rest of the song without any respite. Then Jonas takes the spotlight alongside the persistent 16th note strummings during the verses, giving us this fantastic 90s-inspired bass line. So I guess, uh, Thomas, when you were saying from uh, what was it a uh, consequence of sound with that 90s era Mandy Moore I'm not picking up on the Mandy Moore but I definitely do get that 90s vibe for sure uh, the keyboard just hangs out in the background playing on the downbeats the one two three four as Silas continues to power through on the upbeat so it's really fun to listen to them sort of play off of each other uh, the guitars don't really stand out in the verses as much um, it really ornaments in the song breaks, the chorus, and the bridge. And it absolutely would not be a Muse song without Jonas's signature high vocals during the bridge. His voice is so nicely reverberated that if you close your eyes and really listen, it definitely feels like it was recorded live. And then the song ends with what sounds like it was constructed as a jam, and that sort of stuck. So it's a really nice, cool ending to such a powerful and energy-driven song. I recently got myself a nice wee Sonos speaker, as I think I mentioned for mm. some of you guys, just to you show rub off. Rub it in, yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I had to obviously blast it and turn up the volume a little bit more on it, and like risk it a little bit for the neighbors, um, just to to get all those layers. Yeah. And I can definitely, I can definitely, I definitely hear what you're saying there. I hadn't thought of it myself that it has that live feel to it. Um, like you could, it's it gets really clear that um, I think is it in the bridge, yes, or in the where Jonas is basically screaming or like yes. you know screaming but like shouting, but f- quite a, w- at a distance from a microphone. It's it, yeah, it's 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 quite hard to put into. Like, no, I I know exactly what you're I think talking that's about. What you're saying. Yeah. yeah, and and if you see Jonas sing live, you know when he does go into that that higher range, he has a lot of power behind that Mm -hmm. um which is really hard to do because when you're in your head voice that's what that is it's in a head voice um you don't have the power of your diaphragm pushing your voice forward so all you have is from your throat and up whereas you know in in his normal range he's singing from his diaphragm and that's you know so you have all that power from down below um, so when you see him sing and he's in that high uh, in that high range, you'll see that the microphone is much farther away from him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can already yeah. see it. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> when I'm like, yeah. when I've been at concerts, like as soon as it kicks in, he just kind of yep. raises his his head and like the microphone yep. gets out and like yeah, stretched and, arm. It's like it's like a good foot and a half or something like that away from him when he's like that too. Yeah. So I mean, next time, next time you listen to the song and you and you hear the bridge. The, the reverb is so perfect because it doesn't sound like it was done as like a, a studio effect. It really does sound live, which is so nice. Another thing I noticed is in the chorus, there's, I'd never really th- noticed the backing singers that helps out. I don't know if any of you have noticed those. We don't have Sono speakers. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, like no. it gets really. Cl- I do. Oh, we might so be. You've heard wife them, right? Backing up there. 
I was I was thinking it sounded a bit like there was a lady singing in the back, or like yeah, very. She, uh, does some backup singing in some of the songs on that album, so it might be okay. Her. Yeah, because I was like, that, that can't be your hand. That's not how that's he sounds. <laughs> well, is I, it? the as far and as the vocals, use him on the bl- as far as the vocals are concerned, like the only thing that I really hear is harmony. It might be just Jonas uh, harmonizing with himself. But he does that a yes. lot. Yeah. yeah. But it's very, yeah, it's I'm, very. I'm gonna possible. have to go and blast yeah. it again. Yeah. On my, on my speakers, yeah. just because it sounds really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Recommend. Stephen, you concur. You you you're telling me you you also have these nice. Sauna speakers or what? Yep, three of them. Oh, great! Nice. I'm I'm trying to catch up. Then (laughs) (laughs) need to get four now. Someday, someday, (laughs) someday. Uh, Most of it was a wedding present. Not saying you should get married for the speakers, but (laughs) consider it. It's a good reason to get married. Yeah. Note to self, (laughs) sweetheart, when we're getting married. She'll be rushing in soon, like, all excited, like, what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying we're getting speakers. What? <laughs> More of them? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's move on here. Uh, Heather, do you want to say uh, a few words on the um, the song title before we move into the actual lyrics? Uh, yeah. So, My Complications, it's a possessive, it's You're My Complication. Uh, the relationship isn't so much a partnership as it is maybe a medical or mental health condition. Um, so a complication would be a circumstance that complicates something, a difficulty. Uh, in medicine, it's a secondary disease or condition aggravating an already existing one. So it's, you know, could possibly be, you know, someone entering someone's life and it's just, oh, my life is already complicated and you're making it even more complicated. Um, mm. But it is interesting to note that the song had a working title called Russell on the set list prior to its release, named after Russell Lissack. But spelled differently. Yeah, it was spelled R-U-S-S-L-E for some reason. Mm-hmm. So to everyone, before we really dig into the lyrics here and, and let Anne take us on a on the walkthrough, what's your initial interpretations here of my complications? Just like shortly. Uh, let's Let's start with you, Adva. As usual, I don't pay attention to the lyrics as much. I I know it's about sickness, stuff like that. That's all I know. I have no idea. I just, yeah. So I'm interested to hear what it's about. One of the things I get from it is being a partner to someone who's sick and the stress of, of dealing with that and trying to be there and be perfect and helpful, but also the situation stressful for you and how that can be hard. Now, I feel like that ties in so closely with how we were discussing uh, Chintai. Oh, yeah. That's true. Where you're trying to heal someone, but you're also stressing yourself out in the meantime. Yeah. There's a bit of a theme in a, in a bunch of, of Mew songs. I feel like there's a lot of um, a lot of the recurring themes is sort of feeling this sort of pity, this need to save, this need to nurture another person. And make them make them whole, sort of sacrificing your own well-being to make someone else well again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like we should just let you take it away, Anne, and tell us what you found. And yeah, all right. Cut. I mended ways. I was so with you. You looked so tiny then, flicking pages and pamphlets of blue. Few would deny. 
You shouldn't look inside. Bad means you'll go to. On the other side of my window. Soon is the song of our ages. In the world's arms, I feel like new again, as if I was healthy. Listens to me, carefully. Takes my voice in, lets the poison sing. Speak when, and arise to erase me again. We look so serious. As recollection sleeps, you're my complication. Send me instead, a wreath around your head, that means you'll go, and fail to recognize your symptom. Lie on its back, full of villainy. In the world's arms, I feel like new again, as if I was healthy. Listens to me, carefully. Takes my voice in, lets the poison sing. Until no longer gullible, no longer lovable, and colorful, as colorful as you. You look to find, you look to find, your mother's eyes, your mother's eyes. In the world's arms, I meant to understand, impede your inflictions, every and each mouth beneath, cuddly rejects, lips are shipwrecked. Oh, now we cough, young Mary, wanna be part of this? Are they the drugs we know? Now we cough, young Mary, keep the right medicine. We could not, I wish that. Okay, so... Overall themes we've mentioned before, health and illness, and a relationship that is held together only by the narrator's determination and his enabling of his immature partner's, you know, attitude or drug use or whatever it is. Some Something this partner is doing is not healthy. So I, I'm going to preface all of this by saying that I read the lyrics to be less about a physical illness and more about drug use. So everything that I'm going to be interpreting is through that lens. Okay, so cut, I mended ways I was so with you. The narrator was hurt by the other person, but continued to patch things up with them. The person, um, the narrator person, was so deeply into the other person that his own pain didn't matter enough to move on and leave this other person. So, you know, that's it's a bit of a codependent feeling. You look so tiny then, flicking pages and pamphlets of blue. So the tiny could be uh, the other person was like a fraction of themselves, like a child or an immature person. And the blue pamphlets could refer to literature or leaflets that are left at a drug clinic or a rehab center. And of course... The color blue is a sad, cold color. It's, it's not a very upbeat, pleasant, happy color. Few would deny you shouldn't look inside. Bad means you'll go to on the other side of my window. So not many people would say that this person shouldn't either figuratively turn inward and examine themselves from within, or in a literal sense, read the pamphlets about getting help for whatever the issue is. And bad means could be bad ways, habits, or methods of doing something. So in a place where the narrator cannot look after the other person himself, like outside his home. Then we've got this line, soon is the song of our ages. And here we go again with the My Bloody Valentine reference. So there's a song called Soon. That's a very famous song of theirs from Loveless, I believe. And 
it's interesting here. It, the lyrics refer to um, blue eyes and it kind of feels like this could be a song that's written from the reverse perspective of whoever this um, person is in the relationship with. It's their perspective of the situation. And um, we'll, we'll leave the lyrics in our um, show notes so you can go through them. I, I won't go through them here, but yeah, it, it's definitely referring to that song. soon as the song of our ages um when someone is like hey you should get help um and so they reply yeah i'll i'll go soon Mm -hmm. or you know yeah i will and it just becomes this repetitious it becomes a song it becomes this the tune that they sing is yeah "Yeah, i'll i'll go soon or Mm -hmm. yeah someday soon yeah yeah totally that's what i was thinking as well at first but Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i totally agree with that I got that too, but I think it's very possible that that, that both of them are valid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I also noticed the band Yes with their song Soon from 1974. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also has some interesting lyrics. Uh, I found it interesting in the context of of health and uh, the idea of... Uh, it's, it's a very, it seems to be a very soothing song and like about reaching some sort of calm and yeah. Yeah, and we know that they are fans of Yes as well, so it's possible that it's that song. Triple yeah. meaning. So I feel like I, it, it needed to be mentioned. I'm not p- familiar with the song or the band myself, but yeah. There are other bands than My Bloody Valentine that they might refer, refer, <laughs> reference. That's all I kind of wanted to point out. Um, yeah. But sorry for the interference. But apart from that, it's not. I don't think it's that important what they meant when they put it together. Is listening to Jonas talk about how he puts things together. Uh, if you go into super deep. Why is this song called Uda Pruda? And he says, "Oh, uh, it was." Something we named something for a keyboard. We yeah. will never know why they do what they do, but mm-hmm. so it's I, I, it's important to me what I get out of it, and I like these. Yeah, sorry for rambling. No, that's perfect. Yeah, this this is a sort of detail where you you end up discussing, but it's interesting to look at at least how much soon can be when you in the context yeah. of a song. But sorry, and. Uh, Please go go ahead. Okay. In the world's arms, I feel like new again as if I was healthy. So the world, as in humanity, is personified here, um, embracing the narrator warmly. He's looking to outside for help and support. Um, Asking others for help is releasing some of this pent-up frustration, angerness, and bitterness he's feeling. Um, That... You know, he he felt healthy prior to this relationship, um, but the toxicity of it has, you know, made him feel unhealthy. 
And so outside this other person's presence, he's returning to this normal state of health. Listens to me carefully, takes my voice in, lets the poison sing. So the people that are listening to the narrator spit out his toxic words about his problematic relationship are absorbing it into themselves. The poison is entering them, their bloodstream. It's like the, the concept of empathy where you're taking on another person's problem by listening to it. Speak when and arise to erase me again. So the narrator wants his uh, love to tell him when she's going to do her drugs again or, you know, whatever this unhealthy behavior is. And at that point, he knows he's going to temporarily stop existing in this person's mind while they're involved in whatever this negativity is. We look so serious as recollection sleeps. So he is worried about this person and she may be serious about whatever this thing is that she's into, her drugs or unhealthy habit. And memory is put on hold or asleep during this drug trip so she won't remember what happened. And You're My Complication, as we mentioned um, earlier with the, the title of the song, the relationship isn't so much a partnership as it is a men medical or mental health condition or a, a difficulty or you know something that is aggravating an already fragile state. Send me instead a wreath around your head that means you'll go and fail to recognize your symptom. So uh, a wreath... In Christianity, the wreath represents res resurrection of Christ and eternal life, or victory over life and death. And we have the crown of thorns that was placed on Jesus's head during his execution. And we also have a, a concept of a crown of laurels, where in ancient Rome, uh, armies would grant leaders the laurel wreath after a great victory. So this could be like an athletic competition like not gladiator style but just an athletic competition um where the prize is a laurel wreath so instead of her talking about this habit or destructive behavior continuing as she is the narrator wants her to go take action and to seek outside help with a counselor or at a rehab clinic and to become victorious over the problem but he fears that she may leave him when he asks her to do this or deny she has any kind of problem at all. Which, you know, denial, if you're dealing with somebody who's an addict or has, you know, mental health issues, a lot of times they'll just push it aside. Oh, no, it's not that big a deal. Lie on its back full of villainy. So the problem or symptom may relax or go away for a time when you're under treatment, but it's just biding its time to rear its ugly head in resurgence or relapse. And the word villainy means wicked or criminal behavior. So it's it's something that's a little bit evil and it's it's going to come back with a vengeance. Yeah, so we have a repetition here of the chorus in the world's arms, I feel like new again. And then it goes on to until no longer gullible, no longer lovable and colorful as colorful as you. So the more that this narrator talks about the problem he's having with his relationship, the less of a naive, gentle, and caring, and vibrant person he becomes. And he's a shadow of his true self, even though he's still 
kind of holding his relationship with this person um, almost on a pedestal. He he still sees them as a vibrant and beautiful person, despite all their issues. You look to find your mother's eyes. So this can mean any number of things. Um, drug and alcohol addictions can be passed down through families. A lot of times, um, if you have an alcoholic father, then you may become an alcoholic yourself. Um, so if you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you can see the, a reflection of what you are. You may see a reflection of who came before you, like in this case, the mother's eyes. Um, conversely, though, if the mother was not an addict, looking for her mother to look back at her in a caring and nurturing way in the mirror, finding self-love or self-care to get rid of the drug habit or whatever problem they're having. So it could either be they're seeing their mother in a negative light or a positive light there. In the world's arms, I meant to understand, impede your inflictions. So when the narrator sought outside help, he wanted to understand what caused his dearest to behave in the way that she's behaving and wanted to find a way to stop her from causing harm to herself and him. Because impede means to stop or put a halt to. An infliction is like you think about inflicting pain on somebody else. It's causing pain. Every and each mouth beneath, cuddly rejects, lips are shipwrecked. This is quite a, a mouthful. Um, I had the most trouble analyzing this line because it's so strange. It's less um, straightforward than the rest of the song. But uh, this is the best I can do with it, okay? <laughs> so all the people giving the narrator advice are sugarcoating their words and haven't really given him anything useful to help him address the problem. Um, and the idea of a shipwreck is the remains of a ship that has become uh, beached on land or sunk into the bottom of water. Uh, so that could be referring to their relationship. Uh, their kisses or affection are figuratively broken. Like they, they can't physically interact with each other properly anymore. Or they could refer to the people that are giving advice saying that their situation is basically a train wreck. That's usually the word that's used to describe when things are really gone wrong. <laughs> um, basically, everything is just wrong. That's that's the best I can do. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm getting more. Uh, I'm I'm getting the the cuddly rejects, which is is cuddling is is intimate and it is it is wonderful and nice and and rejection is is kind of the opposite so having those together is 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 this couple that i think the song is about is are, are, are they in the old habit of of still cuddling or it, it isn't really working for them the lips are shipwrecked so they kind of stopped kissing and being intimate with each other because of all these problems mm. I have a misheard lyric here because I, I've always sang Cockney Rejects because that's that's a band that's, that's a punk band from the seventies. It's called, called Cockney Rejects. So I always sang that. I, I knew it was wrong, but I just yeah I accepted it as hard truth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so what actually cuddly. happened here is that Anne misspelled it, and you were right, Otto. So uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Rejects, so I will yeah. always sing it that way now. 
Good. We could pitch pitch it to Jonas and maybe yeah. get yeah. him to, get to change it when he's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he'd be open to that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay, so this is the part of the song where Western Silver Lion Cub lyrics come into play. Um, this outro sort of um, stanza comes directly from that song, and we'll get into that later. What all of that is about. But that's that's where this is referred to from. Oh, now we cough, young Mary, want to be part of this. So both the narrator and his lover are referred to here. Um, and we have this character of Mary or Maria, who is featured often in Mew songs. Um, we have like in Western Silver Lion Cub, as um, I mentioned before, in the song Vaccine, we have this character called Maria or San Marie. Those are all just different ways of saying the name Mary. Um, so you think about Mary as in the very famous Virgin Mary from Christianity. That's somebody who is naive, innocent, or untouched. Somebody who has never had any kind of sexual intercourse. Um, and in this case... Because this song is about drug use or sickness, it could be a corruption of the idea of a young, pure, or untouched person. And in fact, we have the word young in front of Mary, so the lover is either literally young or acting in an immature way. And the narrator has taken on his love's habit or sickness through empathy. And the, we have a cough, so there's there's literal um, reference to sickness. But the cough could also be derived from smoking an illicit substance or a disease, you know, contracted through use of unhealthy um, methods of taking drugs. Um, or, or be a metaphorical cough, maybe. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like a, a, a a, a pause you don't want to take. Something's wrong, but yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely not a positive thing, but it's something that's um, interfering with life. And it feels like at this point he's given up on looking for outside help and decided to join her in whatever drug fueled oblivion she's on. Are they the drugs we know? Now we cough, young Mary. Keep the right medicine. Reference to drug use and medicine, sickness. Uh, the narrator wants to know the type of drug they are taking together and make sure there's some type of antidote available, possibly. Um, and then it kind of trails off. We could not. I wish that. It's like there. There's ellipses after each of those. Like this, the sentence begins, but it never goes anywhere. So the narrator is literally giving up and realizing they couldn't triumph over the issue. So he just decided to join in and wishes it could be different. And he's enabling the behavior rather than losing the love of his life. So like your final interpretation in, in total is that you, you took it as um like a druggy relationship here. Someone yeah. has a relationship with someone addicted to some sort of substance. Um, whilst, Stefan, you mentioned something about a relationship with a sick person, someone who's hospitalized, maybe, for... Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, 
I read the lyrics in in that way that that uh, the narrator is with a sick person. So there's all the complications there from from drug use, but the, it's not the person's fault in the same way. Uh, I have I've been on both sides of that in in a relationship, both where I need to to take care of her and where she needs to take care of me because I I've been sick. Not not so terribly as as in this song, but but it evokes the feelings of that. Um, so in the the flicking pamphlets of blue, you look so tiny then, and all of that. I'm I'm thinking it gets me to think about someone maybe with cancer lying in a hospital bed being being all shriveled up from this terrible chemo and just looking at these pamphlets and why are they blue it's it's a it's a when when you're in, in crisis mode you remember the weirdest details like I vividly remembered that that the pamphlets were blue i don't remember what they were about but that's that's how i feel about these these lines I'm 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 getting these, you know, today we you can Google anything and what's the first thing you do when you catch an illness? Well it's flickering. Yeah, you go to pamphlets, WebMD right? and figure out you're gonna die. Everybody's yeah, yeah. gonna die according to them, yeah. And then you you shouldn't look inside. Bad means you'll go. <laughs> like it, it's I don't know, it's it's very simple reading of it, I, I suppose. Few would deny you shouldn't look inside. Like you shouldn't look in these pamphlets; they're not gonna help you, right? You mm-hmm. shouldn't Google your yeah. symptoms; it's not gonna help you. <laughs> it's most likely yeah. just gonna make you feel worse. Um, and and then, uh, in the the second verse, and uh, that means you'll go and fail to recognize your symptom. From that, I get all the that desperation when you're sick and you don't know exactly what's happening, and you've been. Is it this? Is it this? Is it this? What's wrong with me? And every time you get more tests, it it, it just comes back with, no, we still don't know what's wrong with you, but I uh, hope you get better. And and the desperation you feel about that—that's what I'm reading from from the second verse. But also the uh, we look so serious as recollection sleeps. You're my complication. I, I read the as recollection sleep you're my complications. So when I when I don't remember the past, what made this relationship so good when we were real people and not tied down with all this sickness, when I forget all of that, you're just a complication and then all of this is terrible. So a reminder to to remember the good times. Mm. Yeah, and then there's the uh, there's the mother's eyes. Um especially when you were was talking about it and I, I was reminded of the movie 5050 i don't know if any of you have seen it yeah no with yeah. joseph gordon lewitt and uh, is it seth rogan i believe yeah who plays the jokey friend so like the the plot is essentially that um uh, joseph's character has, has cancer and his odds are 50 50 he's gonna uh-huh. beat it um, and there's a scene, uh, the scene where he's about to go into the operation, the final operation, and where it's 50-50, he's going to wake up. And uh, yeah, there's there's like, uh, I just remember it because it really, I think it's like that primal fear that I think everyone understands that when when you get to that point, especially in the movie, right, where it's they've kind of been joking around, oh, God, I'm going to make it, and like, da-da-da. 
and now it's real. He's about to maybe not. He might never see anyone's face again. And he shouts out like he want like crying. I want to see my mother. Right, like it's really in the movie. It really hits deep. Um, it's really well acted. Um, would recommend the movie if you haven't seen it. But like that's that whole your mother's eyes line kind of reminds me of that scene. Um, especially in that context, right? Um, where it's it seems like all color has gone, all like there's nothing to be lovable. Like you, someone's withered away here, and you're just looking to find your mother's eyes, right? Your primal comforter. Your mm. mother would always be there, regardless, right? Like mm-hmm. some 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 people's relationship fall apart when when deep sickness hit, right? Like a married couple might just divorce like it might even be the sick person who's like you need to move on from this right so we need to divorce like you shouldn't hang to me um like that you've heard we've heard of those stories i personally haven't been involved in that thank god um but i can imagine that like that primal caregiver your mother is never gonna leave in that situation right so yeah i just uh thought of that little scene quite a, an emotional scene yeah it is not what i expect from a, a really hefty rock song with a really cool guitar rift <laughs> right <laughs> no, but but when are uh, the lyrics and the beat ever that's the right tone right there yeah <laughs> that's just how they do mm-hmm. but um again then there's the whole um, cough young mary part as i remember we we had a little chat with uh with Jonas. And uh, he he mentioned it. So with this song, that's another one that has a bit of that reversed kind of songwriting process at the very end. Like, um, yeah. What can you kind of talk about how that relates to Western Silver Lion Cub and how like those two fit together? Yeah, Western Silver Lion Cub. We had the chorus from that we wrote in that Sicily session, and uh, I we quite I quite liked it. I. I didn't think it was I you know I I really liked it I didn't think it was the most amazing thing in the world so uh but then I often do that I I just try to to uh, run things backwards just to see if the progression and the melody become more interesting and and in this uh, uh on in this occasion I really thought it did uh, and it became really it had this real sadness to it and also again the lyrics and it was my interpretation of the lyrics about someone like a, someone having a sickness and and, and uh, something about medicine and I, I just kind of wrote the words from that um, so you know again I mean it didn't really sound like those words but those were the words I kind of chose to hear mm. you know that kind of attempt um, and uh, so that and everybody really liked that when I played it. And, you know, I thought that was really beautiful. And we worked a lot on putting that into different compositions. And then when Russell from Block Party came over for a few days to write with us, we, we had this kind of like fast song going. And and then we just tried to go into that as the outro, and it worked really well. Yeah. So. So that's how it ended up in that song, mm-hmm. but it's different. Like chord, like the the harmonies are the, the the sort of the the chord progression is different, and I really 
we couldn't we couldn't have used the original or the the Western Civil Line Cup outro as it was. It it didn't it wouldn't have fit it. But I really wanted to to do something with that because I thought it was so special, you know. Mm. So uh, I'm, I'm and then so so Western Civil Line Cup consists of both the original, like the 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 first chorus is the outro, you know, mm-hmm. backwards. Or or the, the outro is that backwards. So, all right. So that's how that. Uh, I I really like that song. That's one of my favorite B sides. <laughs> when I heard the the Japanese version of the album and that came on, I was like, oh, this is interesting. This kind of reminds me of like the sort of weird lyrics that you get when you you uh, record things backwards and try to interpret them, like. And then it got to that part, yeah. and I was like, I almost screamed. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it has the addition of the stutter and now we mm. cough young ma- Mary. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I like that. So what I find really interesting here is how this is kind of stuck on to my complications. It it wasn't part of the song, it seems like when as Jonas talks about it, it was part of another song and he didn't find it that interesting. Played it backwards, found it more, much more interesting, and then they tried it at different times. And my complications ended up being the song where it fitted. So even on the lyrical side, it seems like the lyrics were already there. Or is he is he saying that he made the lyrics? He forced. He kind of says that he forced the lyrics onto that reversed melody. Like I don't know what you are interpreting here. Well, if you actually go back and listen to. The reversal, if you go through Western Silver Lion Cub, you hear it because it's repeated several times. Um, it's actually really easy to hear the reverse lyrics, and I don't think it's too much of a stretch, actually. So he's written these lyrics for Western Silver Lion Cup first, and then even included the reversed lyrics within the same song. So it's more of a coincidence than that. There is the whole theme of of medicine and sickness. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that it yeah. happens to fit with the rest of the lyrics of complications. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it seems that there's a, there's definitely been some sickness going on somewhere in the Mew world. I feel like we're getting some sort of image here. Do you, you know that the same way they took a photo of a black hole recently? Mm-hmm. It's like every little song paints a little picture of something out there. It's probably not someone in the band who was sick. But someone related somewhere. Uh, that's yeah. a a sense I get. Yeah, or maybe maybe he dreamt about it, or maybe he heard a story, or uh, I don't know. But I don't think it 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 doesn't give me all too much to try to figure out why it's like that. Um, maybe Jonas just messes around with these lyrics and then reverses them and thinks it sounds cool and. And then create something beautiful. Quite yeah, possible. and we we tend to read a lot of depth and meaning into stuff that may just be accidental. 
And it's not necessarily a, a biographical um, sort of storytelling method. Like, it's it's not necessarily that he had a sick partner or something like that. It's just he can project himself into any number of stories. Yeah, maybe it's a yeah. theme that's in some fashion interesting or, or or speaks to Jonas, presumably, who, as he writes most of the lyrics, right? So... I guess in the way that you can be really into, say, fantasy genre, like with mm. dragons and swords, you could be into, I don't know, lawyers or like lawyer dramas or medical dramas, maybe. I don't know if if that makes any sense, but that, that maybe it's just like, yeah, a nice, uh, a cool, an interesting theme for Jonas to work with. That's yeah, definitely anything. a possibility. Yeah. Maybe he has a fear of being sick or maybe it could just be anything, you know, it's whatever place to make a decision about that but yeah i mean i can, I can relate I, i'm not glad for, i'm not happy about needles for instance uh, it's mm. like mm, yeah so uh, I'd, I'd rather not be in a hospital than, than be in a hospital <laughs> so yeah. i remember in high school in biology oh, here we, we had go. to draw blood <laughs> from oh, yeah. each other just prick the fingers you were oh. not happy that day no i was not i remember though there was someone else that was even worse, and I believe that someone else passed out in halfway out the door. Oh wow! So, yeah. some, some, someone someone fainted <laughs> and me. then hit their head, fainting. Uh, so that uh, that so was I ended mess. up in hospital anyway. <laughs> yeah! Wow! <laughs> Great day for that person. Yeah, but yeah, let's um, let's get into a little bit. Of, we didn't do housekeeping for Western Sylvan Lion Cup. Uh, well, we haven't done much of anything yet, so... No, so uh, I'll just start now. Yeah. It's track number 12 on the Japanese version of Plus Minus. This album was released on Label Hostess Entertainment Unlimited, and that's in Japan, obviously. And there isn't much known about the recording of the song besides what you just heard Jonas say here. So at least we haven't been able to find much else. Yeah, we don't know who produced it. We didn't know where it was recorded. So it's a big question mark for us. Yeah, I mean, it could have been written in a day. Like We don't know. It is uh, a B-side. Yeah. He even says it, right? It, it's yeah. one of his favorite B-sides. So it, it could be one of those leftover recordings that's been pimped up a little bit to sound like the rest of the album. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but personally, I'm not... a I like I listened to it today and like there's there's a missing there's some drive that's not there that's missing for me it's not it's not clicking with me in the way that the album tracks would do so I totally get it as a b-side but what about you guys before we dig into the song a little bit here any personal interpretations or thoughts on western silver lion cup before we dig any deeper here I've been listening to it uh, a couple of times picked it up because I knew I had to talk about it in this podcast, and it just really hit me. I think it's it's very beautiful. I'm having a good time listening to it, but at the same time, I I agree that it it's good as a B side. It's not. I don't think it would fit on the album. So, but I'm gl- I'm glad to have it as a B side. That's quite a positive vibe, yeah. When you like the lyrics, at least, is quite. There's some sort of positivity going on that we aren't used to in many of their popular songs. Yeah, it has a very strong chorus to be a B side. I would say mm. uh, most of their B sides are 
don't have that kind of quality to it. Um, yeah, it's just like Jonas himself. Uh, it's one of my favorite B-sides as well. But also, it doesn't really fit on the album. Uh, so, yeah, it's just a bonus track. It's good. I really like it, though. Yeah, um, my thoughts are exactly the same. I don't really think it would fit the rest of the, the vibe of the album. It, but it's an absolutely fantastic B-side. Um, it really has this whimsical sort of um, feeling to being a teenager, you know, out on uh, out at night on your skateboard. Um, and I just can't stop clubbing. I mean, I never clubbed, but I'd imagine that if I did, it would be a lot of fun. Um, but it's, it's it has like a really a lot of light and uplifting vibes to it. That I really like a lot. So let's go into the analysis of Western Silver Lion, Silver Lion Cub. <laughs> it's really hard to say this. But let's first talk about the song title and uh, then the lyrics. Uh, take it away, Anne. Um, so a Western Silver Lion Cub is another name for a mountain lion. So this would be a baby mountain lion. Um, and the, the whole vibe of the song is kind of referring to a, a young person who may be leaving home for the first time and somebody who's staying behind is going to be missing them while they're gone. So it's it's kind of got this vibe of that that person is going to go out into the world and maybe become this like... A mountain lion is a, is a predator, so this person may be like growing up as they're out on their own and, and finding their own ferocity, as it were. Um, but they're still a baby, so it's going to take some time. I don't know. I see lion cop and I think of Lion King, yeah, <laughs> like baby <exactly>. Simba. <laughs> Simba, mm, yeah, Mufasa is called. It's very hard to say this title. It's it, I every time I try to say it, I screw up, and I don't know if that's intentional. That it is so hard to say, but so much of the song feels like it was written backwards and played forwards, like that kind of thing, that he does with you know trying out different um, things in reverse. So I'm thinking that a lot of these lyrics were something else to begin with, and then became what they are now which is why it, it sounds weird and like almost incoherent in places. I think it sounds unfinished. Yeah, it does. It does. So like this is a, a working title that just, uh, it's a B-side. Let's, let's throw it in there. It's fun. But mm -hmm. it feels a bit like someone threw darts at a dictionary and then just ended up with Western Silver Lion Cup. I feel like it might be a nickname. I wonder if it's like an anagram for something, WSLC. Maybe that means something oh, else. Yeah. yeah. I don't think, because uh, it's not called the Western Silver Line. It's just called Silver Line, right? Exactly. There's no Western. So that's something mm -hmm. that they added onto it. Well, that's why I think it might be a nickname. You know, let's just say it's a nickname for someone and they live, you know, they grew up in the West part of town. Or it has these very Asian sounding. Yeah, Material. this is so on I, the Japanese B-side, you know, so we think of Western or Eastern, you know, we, we, yeah. we might like tack on that descriptor to indicate that it comes from that region of the world. 
That's a good point, yeah. I'm going to guess that it's a self-reference of some sort. They're they're getting older. There's, there's some greys. There's some silver hair there. Um, but they're still young at heart. So they're going <laughs> when they're out of town in Asia and such. Uh, Japan, for instance, yeah. They, they go out and they, they have a good time. And they feel like young again. So that's what's going on in that title. But... Uh, and do you want to do you want to read the, the lyrics and uh, then we have a more qualified guess afterwards? <laughs> okay, yep, these are amazing lyrics. Oh, it starts all dead cinder block ladies, always up to no good. That's okay. Oh, it's dark out at night on your skateboard. Ooh, bell, shake and I can roar. And you know I will be missing you terribly, even when I thought you were. But it's hard when you go to get up leaving home, even when I thought you were grown. It's no use. I just can't stop clubbing. Shake it all through the night to the light. Oh, it's dark. All dead cinder block ladies. Ooh, bell, heaven for a while. And you know I will be missing you terribly, even when I thought you were. But it's hard when you go to get up leaving home, even when I thought you were grown. Each night we sleep with it, each breath we breathe from it, each night we sleep with it, each breath we breathe from it. Oh, now we cough, young Mary, wanna be part of this. Are they the drugs we know? Now we cough, young Mary, keep the right medicine. We could not, I wish that. Walk out of this, my youth. So could you point out there's some reversed lyrics here, just the the specifics right. so, so everyone's on the same page. Exactly. Um the chorus where he says, And you know I will be missing you terribly, that's the part that's reversed, oh now we cough young ma Mary. Those two are both used in the song as reversals of each other. And if you actually physically reverse the song in software, you can hear that they actually are reversed because you'll hear it again. And you know I will be missing you terribly even when I thought you were but it's hard when you go together in home even when I thought you I notice there are some more lyrics, but they aren't official in any sense. Or yeah, you... there are there are places I I listened to the reversed version of it lots and lots of times, and you can hear English speech in a lot of them, um, but it's very muddled because there's a lot of instruments going on, so I can't be sure of any of them, but. The part that goes, each night we sleep with it, each breath we breathe from it, you can hear lyrics about bad dreams. Each night we sleep, 
And it feels like in the parts that I can't make out the actual words, it must have been something that he heard in reverse because the <laughs> all of these lyrics sound almost the way that new terrain sounds because it just it sounds like English, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And there's a lot of like trailing off of thoughts and things that don't really go together. So, I mean, yes, we can uh, go through and come up with a story that this song can, you know, tell us about. Um, as I mentioned, there's like all of this stuff about being young and having somebody else leave home. Or metaphorically, you're leaving your childhood behind. Um, but yeah, the, the lyrics still feel kind of like nonsense. Yeah, I, I kind of, for to save time here, I don't want to go into it too much. Um, but the one, one specific sentence that caught my eye, and I, I know it caught some of yours as well, all dead cinder block ladies, as the uh, native English and American speaker here, uh, Anne. Yeah, so this this is something that's very interesting because in uh, American English, cinder block is the term that's used. In UK English, you would use the word breeze block. They both are the same thing. So that's uh, usually hollow building block made with concrete and coal cinders. So it's like for cheap construction or whatever or used for um, like sometimes foundations of buildings. It's, it's just a, a ubiquitous kind of um, building block. And if you think about like the concept of a serial killer or somebody who wants to dispose of a body... Um, a lot of times a cinder block is what's used to weigh a body down when you throw it in water. <laughs> so oh. you would tie one end around the cinder block with some kind of a rope and tie the other end to the body and it would make the body sink so it wouldn't float back up. So the fact that he's referring to a dead cinder block lady gives the impression that this person might be joining the ranks of murdered women. Oh, yes. Moving on, <clears throat> let's let's get uh, get back to my complications. We should talk a little bit about the um, the song in its live setting. Obviously, we haven't got any live setting for Western Silver Line Cop, so I feel like we're just gonna leave that song behind now and focus entirely on complications. When was the first time you guys heard this song live? I've seen it once live. It was at the Village Underground in London in. 2015 uh, it was the opening song of uh, the electric set because they started with an acoustic set first and then took a break and then came back for an electric set and then it started off without the intro part so it just started with a big like boom and everyone was like <gasps> I just noticed that everyone around me just like didn't expect it to start that loud it was really loud in the place and <laughs> when yeah, was do you remember this? that Anne? Do you yeah remember I do <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, in December 2015. Mm -hmm. So that was the the end of the tour. Um, so yeah, I, I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised to see it live because uh, I was really loving the song at the time. And uh, yeah, so that was the only time I've seen it. And it's it hasn't been played live that much. So I was pretty lucky to see it. Yeah. And you were at that show too? Yeah, I was. Um, so the first time that I actually saw it live not on YouTube because uh, they had been playing it at all of the festivals um, during the summer of 2014 um, leading up to the album release of the next year. But um, I saw it at Tavastia in Helsinki. That was like 
the very first of those like small club shows they were playing that fall. Was that the premiere of the the song? I think like that was the like premiere of it in those non um, festival settings, I guess you would say. Um, So the first time that I saw it in person was at that show. And I took a video of it and it was really something that I didn't notice until later on, but Bo's guitar was not tuned correctly right away. And so he's playing this awesome Russell Lissack riff, but it's not the right key. <laughs> and you can sort of watch him like going crazy trying to retune his guitar like after that first bit is over. Um, so that that was a weird way to experience it for the first time because I was like, okay, this is not right. <laughs> Um, but it's it sounds so good live, and the thing that I like most about it, we mentioned before that on the album it sounds like it was recorded live. It's got that same kind of vibe to it. But when they played it live during that tour, they had this bit at the very end where all the instruments would just stop, and they would do all of their voices just doing the Now We Cough Young Mary part. Oh, just yeah. in they're repeating it over and over and it kind of has that same vibe to when they stop with all the instruments in zookeeper's boy and just do that overlapping chorus um like Mm. so that i really really like that part on the album the instruments continue going so it doesn't have that same kind of vibe but i really really like that This is also before the album was finalized? Mm-hmm. I think so. I I seem to remember when I was talking to them backstage that Bo had the tracks on his phone, but like they, they were finished with the album, and he didn't have any headphones so I could listen to it, so I was really upset. <laughs> that would have been so cool, but yeah. <laughs> the super fan sitting there being like, oh, you've got him on your phone. Well, we're t- uh, like uh, I don't we're talking to them about like oh when's the album gonna be out and and do you have anything we can listen to and, and Bo was like oh yeah I've got it on my phone but nobody could find any headphones so nobody got to listen. <laughs> and Stefan, uh, I have a feeling we saw this together in 2014. I want to say in that show where we, we did. Yeah. bumped into each other. Do you do you want to? Do you remember that that show? Because personally, I don't really remember this song particularly. I I remember the show it being my actual first Mew concert, uh, but I don't I don't remember the my complications part of it. I remember that they played a handful of songs from the new album that I'd never heard before, but but I don't remember listening to my complications at that show and thinking, yeah, that's the song. That's super cool. I was just happy to be there, I think. Yeah, I, I now just realized that we kind of forget to mention the show me and Stefan met at is the show that you find on the limited edition print of um, Plus Minus, the one with the extra live CD. Yeah. Yep. 
And my complications is actually on there. So I guess we, we, if we had listened to that version of it, we would mm-hmm. have relived the moment, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. I think there's been a lot of remastering done there. But I'm, I'm there, really there finding it hard to remember. I don't remember thinking that that song was unfamiliar to me or any of the new songs were unfamiliar to me in that show personally. But they were completely new to you. Like, you had never heard or seen those songs before? No, I had uh, I had dug into Mew uh, by their albums. I didn't really go crazy and, and try to find everything on the internet. Um, that's not really my style. So I got it live. Yeah, because Satellites had been played for a good few yeah. years already at that point so mm, yeah i did yeah. have that uh it was called Klassen. yeah i think mm-hmm. i had a... that's right and then i'm trying to read the back of my cd here we had my complications and cross the river on your own i believe that they played witness as well I they believe. played more yeah they played yeah. witness Weren't they playing water slides as well water slides as well yes yeah. oh yeah i remember water slides because that was such a that was such a... It stuck out from all the other songs mm-hmm, and the it way did. it sounded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it does. On the album, too. Yeah, it still does. Yeah. The, the, the thing I remember most about that show is Coffee Break. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they opened yeah. with Coffee Break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were geeking out about that. You just, like, gripping my shirt. It's Coffee Break, Stephen! <laughs> it's Coffee Break! Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I, th- I think I had seen a spoiler from a previous show, so I was like, they might open with coffee break this might be hype and they opened with coffee break and i was like yes <laughs> they did it mm. yeah i do remember that and i love that live version but let's not dig into coffee break in this episode but yeah love coffee break live version more than i love the album version no spoilers for that episode there was not a, a whole lot about not my complications um I know I also saw it live in Glasgow when they came by Glasgow. I really like the rendition they played there. It's such a stadium rock track. Um, but I, I want to give the word to Heather as well a little bit. I, I want to be nice for a change. So, Heather, you get oh, two seconds. You. Oh, okay. All right, I'll take what I can get. Go on. <laughs> no, please. Uh, what was the first time you heard it? Or your best experience with it, maybe? I have actually never seen this live. Hmm. Audra, would you fact check um, I did that for while you guys were chatting <laughs> I fact checked that and I I don't know I guess I'm I'm kind of like in disbelief that I wonder if they they cut it now since yeah it hasn't been played live since the plus minus tour uh, and it but wasn't I mean, like I, 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 during I, every show either so yeah but I saw the plus minus tour and it was and it's but it, not yeah on. but it, it I think it was only played like 11 times or something like that. Damn. Maybe 15. I don't know. Not, not enough. So, yeah. Yeah. I've um, unfortunately have never seen this live. And so the first time that I got to experience it was when the um, the album dropped. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Sad times. Yeah. It was for me too. I didn't hear it until the album dropped. Uh, I saw them four times during the tour, but, it, but yeah, but I only see, saw the song once. So I did. Yeah. I didn't play that much. I saw it uh, once more. I wouldn't say live, but I was lucky enough to get at at a launch event they did for for plus minus, where they they sat on stage on oh, a yeah. theater, and 
and then played the album, played a, a couple of tracks, and then had some short interviews, talked about how they did, how they did things, and and then that was one of the. I, I got real shocked when the when the guitar started. That is loud and that's good. Yeah, I think we've mentioned this in previous mm-hmm. episodes as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 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 I remember all the hype up to the album because I was deep in it from uh, 2009 when. I wanted a new album. <laughs> no, from obviously when when the 2010 in 2010 they stopped touring with uh, no more stories, and then waiting all these years for plus minus to finally hit. Like I remember reading that they had, oh, like there must have been some preview or review article or something where they mentioned that they had been writing with uh, the Block Party guitarist. So I think I knew in advance that my complications was that song. So as soon as that guitar kicked in, I was like. Oh, it's mm-hmm. almost too, it's almost too obvious. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it almost feels like a rip off. Like they've, they've they've taken a block party rift and made a song on it. Um, I think I've even seen comments on YouTube where they're like, "Oh, they're just ripping off block party or whatnot." <laughs> um, so, but but why bring Russell Lissack in if you're not gonna use a, him yeah, for being for... Russell Lissack and cool? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Get, get Russell Lissack to play bow a bow riff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would. Yeah. Now, now, Block Party Here's needs a track with Russell Lissack. He plays the xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if uh, if Block Party does have a song that only works in reverse and uh, yeah, yeah, it's about sickness. I don't know. Okay. I'm not too familiar with Block Party myself. I don't know uh, if any of you guys have been digging into Block Party. I used to listen to them a lot, like in the mid two thousands. I I was pretty obsessed with the, their albums, but I haven't listened to them in probably ten years. Yeah, I, I saw them live once. Uh, I never got really into them. I just know their hits, basically. Yeah, but I saw them at the festival, so I wasn't. I didn't go to a concert oh, okay. there. So I wasn't a big fan. Yeah. So with concerts wrapped up here. I feel like we should start wrapping up the entire episode as well. Um, I want to get your personal opinions. And as is tradition, I want to start with Heather's personal opinion on this song. Just so we're we're all in the all in the ten, 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 ten. <laughs> All right, go on. Really? Yeah. Is it? Is yeah, this, really. I did not see that coming. Is this one of those top five songs that's up there with the, the other 20? Actually, nah. We've covered but 16 not, songs not, so not, far. How does it rate compared like, to those? <laughs> now I'm really um, digging in. That's not fair. I mean, it's... it's For me personally, it's so hard to rate Mew songs. Um, I actually did not participate in that Fringer survey because I, I just... I couldn't bring myself to do it. They would all, for the most part, compete for top five. Um, but it's like... It's like this song it doesn't rate any less than some others because it's worse. It's just that, you know, you can't rate these songs. I don't know. I have a really hard time with it. So you Whatever. That's why I just call Honestly, that's why I call them all like 10 out of 10 cuz my scoring system allows every song to be number 1. Amazing. Mm. I guess an interesting question you you can all reply to is if you were to the is this a, a song you'd play to a new listener or is this one you would introduce later on when they're familiar, familiar, familiarize themselves a bit more with the sound of you? Like, where would you place this song, I suppose, is a more interesting question. 
This song for me, I think, would come after I introduce them to Glass Handed Kites. I feel like actually this album is what I would show them after. That's interesting. So before Fringers. Yeah, actually. Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's kind of like, because what, what I like to do is I want to show people their old sound and, you know, what what defined them as who they are and then bring, in, bring them into the new stuff. Yeah. Because they, they are two completely different sounds, even though, you know, they it's it sort of feels like a natural evolution between some of their old stuff into the new. Um, it's not like they came out with a new album and all of a sudden it's just like, Well, what is this? It is a natural evolution. However, when you listen to them separately, they sound completely different. You know, so it's one of those things that you, you sort of need to be familiar with the old stuff before you can really appreciate the new stuff. Uh, it, it's this definitely also shows you're a, a late bloomer, I suppose, li- li- to <laughs> to the Muverse. I'm sitting here thinking, well, technically That's in '97 <laughs> they had a very God. different one, <laughs> anyways. Uh, but uh, what about you, Ava? Um, is this a uh, uh, put it on next to MRI, or uh, are we further down the line? Where are we? Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I would definitely consider it as an as a good entry point for a new fan. Along with Rai, Apocalypso, Sucurus Boy, all that stuff. Um, depends on the person, you know. This song has a great riff, so if I know that person likes a good riff, I'll show it to them. And yeah, it's uh, one of my favorites on the album. I would probably rank it third, even though that's like up in the air. Um, and I listen to the song a lot. So uh, There's so many good parts in the song, like the beginning is good. The middle part is good. The ending is great. I really love the ending. Good stuff. Uh, I love it. I I think it's straight up a banger. You can just put it on the on the speakers and just go nuts with it. It's great drums, great guitar, and then you can you can sit with the lyrics and and think about them for a while. Uh, I know I've been, I've enjoyed that, and I've enjoyed doing that with you here. Uh, it's got so much going on. I don't know if I would uh, introduce people to Mew with this song. Uh, maybe if they were like Block Party fans, this is a great segue. Um, but it is approachable. Uh, where I would rate it, I, I wouldn't rate it as high as, as Rye or, or things like that. But that's not this album's fault. I, I was in a different place when I got Frangers. And, and that just... Every song there... Is is a reflection of that time in my life, whereas plus minus can't have that, but it's still just a great album. I enjoy the song. It's it's not on my top five, but it has a lot of really strong emotional connection for me because it was one of those ones that was played early before the album was released, so it was kind of one of those little kernels of um, Mew that we were, you know, scraping for, like, all of those years. Like, we want to hear something new. And so when it was played in those um, few uh, small, intimate shows that they were playing during the winter of 2014, I would record these and then try to transcribe the lyrics. So I've been trying to analyze these lyrics ever since, you know, hearing it live for the very first time. And of course, I was a, a Block Party fan before I had even heard of Mew, so that 
was really super cool when I saw that they were working together. And when you listen to the song, you can absolutely hear that. The guitar is like this screams block party. And I enjoy that about it. Um, but I don't think it has the same kind of staying power that some of their like bigger hits do. I still enjoy the song, but yeah, it's it's a solid eight, I would say. So, Stefan, uh, before we go, we have some uh, very important questions to ask you. Just yeah. a quick fire round. Uh, you have to choose between kind of two evils or two goods, kind of mostly goods here, I would say. But... This or that is okay. the name of the game. Yeah, this or that, yeah. Hit me. Okay. Plus, minus, or visuals? Visuals. Western Sylvain Cup or Fox Cup? Fox Cup. Snow Brigade or Apocalypso? Snow Brigade. Block Party or House Party? House Party. Panda or Bamse? Bamse. King Christian or Queen Margrethe? Queen Margrethe. Okay. Good job. All right. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. I want to know what that house party or the block party one, which, which, well, yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> it was uh, great having you on, Stefan. Um, I hope you enjoyed your time here. I, I had so much fun with it. Great. And I, and I hope all our listeners uh, enjoyed the episode. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next Monday with yet another great track. Please do follow us on social media, and that's at the tag Muex Info as usual. The website is also still muex.info, where you can find pretty much everything you need, whether that be lyrics, fan art, music videos, and so much more. If you're using iTunes, we would really appreciate if you left us some feedback as a user review. It helps grow our little podcast here and give us that feedback we so desire um till next time see you all bye bye, bye. bye.